We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Week 12 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. We have a blast from the past. Uh, Daniel Kelly was not able to be with us this week. Uh, he had some issues he had to attend to, so he picked up the bat signal. Uh, really, he just sent an email at, at PFF, and uh, we got our old friend, Mr. Scott Barrett, uh, back with us this week. Scott, my dude, what is up? It feels good to be back, I have to say. You know, it, this, is, this feels right. I, I miss the, you know, the bed, right? It looks like you've cleaned your act up a little <laughs> bit here. You're a little more professional. You've moved to Texas, right? You, you, got, a, you got a lot going on in your life, dude. That's, that's right. I, now I have an apartment, not just a, a room with a, a bed and a computer and nothing else. It's, it's nice. Yeah, living the dream. So uh, they're working you really hard. You, uh, you know, you even had to pull some strings, or we had to, just to get you on the show because you're not just doing your work. You're doing some work for Dan. You're a busy man this week, uh, correct? That's that's right. Yeah, I had to had to pick up some slack for Daniel. Just also my my typical obligations, but you know, I I wouldn't miss this for the world. My my triumphant return to. Uh, the Roto Grinder show. Yeah, are we still allowed to like hashtag dank stats if we moved away from that, or are we still allowed to have that as like a brand? That's still the brand for sure. All right, yeah, we'll work some of those in and we'll have some fun. Uh, so uh, Daniel's article, we always started out here uh, with kind of a look back at what can we learn from the week before. 
And he didn't have that this week. He's got the week off from Pro Football Focus. But we've got Scott's article here uh, about the fantasy football stats you need to know from week 11, which is sort of the same thing. And we got a good one and a bad one, and a bad one's going to tie into a, a segment we're going to talk about in a, in a second. Um, but let's talk about sort of, you know, what we've known in fantasy for a while. It's sort of like this Konami code quarterback. I got a little bit of that last week from uh, from a Jeff Driscoll, I guess, if you want to, if I want to toot my horn on that, it worked out pretty well for me. But just how good are these rushing quarterbacks in football now for us? Yeah, so... Uh... Uh, Rich Rebar coined the term Konami code, I think, back Tebow's rookie season. But uh, one of my best calls of the offseason was this would be the year of the Konami code. I said the single best value in all drafts was Lamar Jackson. The second best quarterback value in all drafts is Dak Prescott. And if you look at the numbers, uh, Lamar Jackson leads all quarterbacks in rushing attempts, then Josh Allen, then Kyler Murray, then Deshaun Watson, then Russell Wilson. And all these guys rank, uh, what is it, top eight in fantasy points per game. Uh, Kyler Murray's on pace for the second best rookie season ever. Look back at Josh Allen's last 16 games, would have ranked top three in any of the last seven seasons. Jackson's on pace for the greatest fantasy uh, quarterback season all time. Uh, And this is something that's been true on DraftKings for at least three or four years. I've been writing about it, is that they just severely underpriced mobile quarterbacks and and those are the guys you really want to look at for cash games yeah tom brady's throwing the ball a bunch philip rivers is shot putting balls all over the football field and if if you ain't running in 2019 as an nfl quarterback at least for fantasy you're really not getting it done and we just see these guys have big floors big ceilings and it doesn't even matter you pull jeff driscoll out of nowhere and you can get 20 plus fantasy points out of him so that's something I certainly agree with, and, and we'll talk about that a little in some of the plays. The other thing we, we want to talk about is, you know, the non-Konami code, Jared Goff, just how, how awful, what has happened to this Rams offense, right? They, you know, it looks like Brandon Cooks might be coming back too, but this contract of Gurley, the contract of Goff, all these trades they made, I, I understand what they did. They went all in to try to get, you know, around Goff because they thought they had a good enough core. Um, but I think the Rams are going to regret that. Basically, they're already regretting all this stuff. Yeah, so so that's definitely true. I you know didn't look like a great contract at the time, and now of course looks significantly worse. Uh, over his last eighteen games, you want to include the postseason. Uh, he has a comparable passer rating to Brock Osweiler. What's the cause of that? There's a lot of things. You know, Brandon Cooks missing time with the concussion. Robert Woods was out last week. Uh, team selling out to stop Cooper Cup, um, but. The big issue, I think, is he just uh, is one of the most pressure-sensitive quarterbacks in the league, and this has been true since he uh, since his rookie season. Uh, just significantly worse under pressure as opposed to operating from a clean pocket. Uh, and you and I were talking before the show that this line, you know, the Ravens are only three-point favorites on the road. This line is either like the best trap ever, or it's one of the worst lines since probably week one of last season when the Raiders were favored against the Rams. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, look at the Ravens since getting Marcus Peters, the ranked second best in points allowed per game, the ranked second best in opposing passer rating. Like we just said, Jared Goff's been Brock Osweiler levels of bad. Uh, so I have a hard time imagining uh, that the Ravens don't win, win by more than three. And I think uh, odds are good. We're going to see Lamar, uh, Robert Griffin, the third in the fourth quarter uh, for the third week in a row. 
Yeah, we always like to mix in a little sports betting this year because uh, it's sort of becoming nationwide. They just passed the bill in Colorado. They're already like, hey, emergency meeting. We've got to have sports betting as soon as possible. It's sort of picking up. So we always like to work it in. We both had the exact same one. So uh, we both think that Baltimore minus three, uh, if you can get that out there and you're looking to play some bets, we both like that one. Uh, what I want to remind you guys to do if you are watching on YouTube or if you're on the Roto Grinders page, Click the like and subscribe. The like button boosts us up the rankings, lets other people find us easily. And then if you subscribe, you'll get notifications every single time a Roto-Grinder show goes live. And it just helps us out behind the scenes, uh, get a little bit more uh, you know, notifications and all that type of stuff out there on the internet. So uh, if you're watching out there, please give us a thumbs up on the YouTube. Uh, all right, so we talked about our bets. Let's jump into the Thursday slate uh, real quick. Some of these people download the podcast some of us are watching live, and they're going to want to know how to play showdown tomorrow night. So we've got uh, Indy and Houston, uh, a short week for both. It looks like T.Y. Hilton might be coming back in this one, too. Do you have any DFS takes or, or what we should take away from here uh, for, from this game? Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I've given this game pr- probably zero thought from a DFS perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, all I'm going to say is that look for Deshaun Watson to rebound off of his career worst game, uh, especially if Will Fuller plays. He averages about you know 3.9 fantasy points per game more when Will Fuller's active throughout his career. The other thing I'll add is I think, you know, assuming Jordan Wilkins plays, uh, I think he's the running back to own for season long to play for DFS. I know, you know, Jonathan Williams had had quite the game, but I think, still think that's that's Jordan Wilkins who's immediately behind Marlon Mack uh on on the depth chart and uh just know you know they're coming off of uh, a perfect matchup against the league's worst run defense in Jaguars so in either case I wouldn't look for you know some some massive 200 rushing yard game like we saw last week if Hilton is, you know plays in this game would you expect him to be a full go um it's not in indoors in Indianapolis, but it's still indoors in Houston. We like him on the fast tracks, uh, things like that. Uh, you know, if, if he starts, I'm expecting him to be a full go with no restrictions. And uh, I don't know, I'm kind of expecting him to have a pretty big game here. Uh, yeah. All I'll say is Houston's secondary is, I mean, isn't good, but uh, you know, in terms of translating to fantasy points, uh, the only ranked 12th in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game. Um, no, he's banged up. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if J- Jacoby Brissett has some success passing the ball, I think he's going to have to given game flow. Uh, I don't know who else, you know, succeeds because Eric Ebron's not getting it done. Jack Doyle's not doing anything. The other wide receivers, uh, you know, no one to get excited about. All right, let's jump into some plays for this week. And uh, we'll start at the quarterback position. You remember how this goes, right, Scott? So uh, everybody's going to be playing Matt Ryan. Let's sort of talk about him a little bit here. He's home. He's in a dome. He's got the the Tampa Bay pass defense. Uh, I pulled up some grades on PFF. They're 27th in pass coverage grade on the season, 26th in pass rush grade on the season, right? So they're, they're not really good covering. There's not a lot of pass rush. Uh, while also allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season and the most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. Uh, You know, it takes a little salary manipulation to be able to pay up 
$6,700 for Matt Ryan, but I actually think he's a little too cheap. You got to expect he gets that 300-yard bonus. That defense is playing pretty well here. Do you have any reason to not want to use Matt Ryan in DFS this week? Um, no, I, I don't think so. So last time I checked, and, and this might this is at least two weeks ago, but uh, Matt Ryan ranked second uh, in DraftKings fantasy points per game and second uh, in DraftKings fantasy points per game at home over the past uh, two seasons, which I, I thought was you know super surprising given some of the other names uh, you'd expect at the top. You know, maybe Lamar Jackson didn't qualify or whatever, but uh, you know, just a really safe bet to hit that 300-yard bonus. And yeah, like you said, Tampa Bay uh, hemorrhaging fantasy points. They also rank fourth worst in opposing passer rating, I think fifth worst in fantasy points per dropback. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he's he's definitely mispriced, and I think he's a great play. But at the same time, he is going to be chalk. Yeah, he's definitely, we've got him projected as, let's see here, uh, looks like the highest owned quarterback of the week at 15%. So you would be correct that he would be chalk. Uh, if you aren't playing Matt Ryan, let's say we want to get a little different in uh, in DFS tournaments. That's always a good thing. Those low owned quarterback, low owned wide receivers, if you're playing those really large field tournaments, that's sort of how to boost your way up. You got anybody for me? Uh, I think I think a lot of people are going to consider running it back with Jameis Winston. If you look at season long averages, you're going to see, you know, Atlanta ranks not too far behind uh, Tampa Bay in terms of, you know, badness. Uh, but what's really interesting is so since they're by uh, Dan Quinn has given up on play calling duties. And in that time, uh, Atlanta has 11 sacks, four interceptions. They're giving up just six points per game to opposing uh, offenses. Uh, so just dramatically better. Uh, and, you know, we know Winston is like the most high variant quarterback in the league mm-hmm. could throw four picks, could throw four touchdowns, never really know with him. So uh, that might be a mistake. And, you know, if Winston has one of those bad games, maybe uh, the play is, you know, Brian Hill a week later than, than everyone thought uh, as far as the, other quarterbacks are concerned. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I just haven't really looked looked that deep into it just yet. Let me let me throw you. Let me throw. How how about we run it back with Jeff Driscoll? How, how does that sound? We I used him last week at 4600. Right. I like that price. It's 5500 this week, and I think if you're playing the 5500 dollar uh, quarterback game, right, I think a lot of people are going to be going to Wentz, who's 5600, and Wentz is going to eat up a lot of ownership. And I like Wentz a little bit too. Um, but, you know, we, we like those Konami code quarterbacks. That's I mean, Carson Wentz has a little bit of it, but he's not Jeff Driscoll in the running department. Driscoll could easily get, you know, 250, throw for a touchdown or two against Washington. I mean, Sam Darnold, I don't think is that amazing. He just lit up this Washington team. That's completely tanking, in my opinion. Uh, he's What I really like about Driscoll, right, he's got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson and Amendola and he's got a couple pass-catching running backs that maybe they have a running game in Bo Scarborough now. I don't really know about all that. Um, but how about how about Driscoll as a swerve off what I think is going to be a, a little bit higher on Carson Wentz? So if you played him last week, that was that was a fantastic call, and just props to you. Pat yourself on the back. It, it was it was good, you know, post-hindsight, good probably pre-hindsight. Uh, the one thing I'll say with Driscoll regarding the Konami code is he didn't really run at all in college. But at the same time, I mean – in this two game sample, we have 37 rushing yards and we have 51 rushing yards and a touchdown. 
Um, the matchup looks good on paper. The thing about Washington is teams are running on Washington uh, because they don't really need to pass. But when they pass, they're hyper efficient. Look at Washington, the rank, you know, bottom six in yards per attempt allowed, the rank bottom four in fantasy points per drop back allowed, bottom five in opposing passer rating. And look at Detroit, you know, Bo Scarborough, do you, do you really trust him? Uh, I'm more inclined to think they don't really have a run game. And, you know, their defense hasn't been good. Sorry, Matt, Patricia. Uh, you know, there is a chance that, you know, they, they are forced to pass. Uh, and and like you said, he, he's definitely at least uh, a little too cheap. Yeah, one of the things I like, too, is the Redskins. They had their back-to-back lowest coverage grades of the season uh, on PFF as a team versus the Jets and the Bills. I mean, these aren't like world beat. I mean, John Brown's a good receiver, right? And Jamison Crowder, I mean, he's okay at what he does. But for those to be your worst coverage grades of the season, I think that tells you something where this Washington team sort of headed. So I think some of those guys in the secondary just really don't care anymore, and they're just letting dudes kind of run all over the field on them. So, you know, you let Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones get open, they're probably going to catch a couple touchdowns against you. So I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, to run it back with Driscoll. Uh, another guy I want, yeah, I wanted to mention Winston too, that defense for Atlanta, you know, it's sort of, uh, you know, tightened up quite a bit. So uh, I'm glad you were able to get your take on that. And then let's talk Carson Wentz, who's still probably not going to have Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I haven't checked the status of Elshon Jeffrey. Let me see. Uh, he did individual work on the side. So as we record this on Wednesday night, I don't know if we really think Elshon Jeffrey's going to end up playing is Dallas Goddard, is Zach Ertz, a bunch of scrubs on the outside. Uh, you've got uh, a pass-catching running back in theory in Miles Sanders. Is that enough to get it done against Seattle? Um, yeah, I don't think it is. So, so two weeks ago, he ranked second among all quarterbacks in PFF grade. Uh, you know, now he's dropped down to 11th. Um, but at the very least, he's playing a lot better than his numbers imply. Uh, the issue is he has one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. And I don't want to say worst because it's not, it's just like the most one dimensional. There's just absolutely zero speed on that offense. And, you know, defenses are are like, all right, let's sell out to stop Zach Ertz. And then, you know, the end. Uh, And, and it's, it's been working. So he's not someone uh, I'm, I'm too interested in for sure. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. I want to, I'm, I'll save it for wide receivers. I don't want to give everything away here. So I've got another quarterback I might be interested in, and it's more uh, – there's a lot of matchup in some of the receivers we're in. But let's uh, let's move to running back. And uh, I think we, let's start with some of the chalkier plays of the week. So if I pull up our projected ownership here on, on Roto-Grinders, I go to running backs. Um, on the first run-through, we have Le'Veon Bell as the highest-owned running back at 6,400. I'm going to take – the under on him being the highest owned running back. He's just, he's not very efficient. Oakland's decent against the run. You can pass on him. That offensive line is absolutely trash. I'm not really on Le'Veon Bell. Do you have a, have a strong take on that? These are, these ownership projections are, they're basically the algorithm takes over and there's not really a lot of manual tweaks this early. Uh, yeah. So I, I will say he's, you know, egregiously mispriced based on volume, mm-hmm. but that's been true all season. And, He's not always, you know, return value in spite of it. Uh, Oakland is good on the ground, but they're pretty susceptible to pass catching backs. They're giving up the 
fifth most uh, receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Uh, but still, you know, Le'Veon Bell isn't really getting uh, the usage I think he deserves, but he does rank third among all players in expected fantasy point market share. Uh, so if you think the Jets do better than expected, he's, he's the one you want to play. Uh, I he's like a, a Leonard Fournette. Le- Leonard Fournette's again. I'd take Fournette in a heartbeat. I think right. like Fournette actually has good players and I think a reasonably good offensive line as well. So, so I, I like Fournette more than Bell, but yeah, he's mispriced too. And it's the same thing where uh, it's, it's like huge value based on volume. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's not translating into fantasy points. Bell's I think is more coaching, uh, frust- frustrating coaching, uh, than anything. Uh, Fournette is kind of just bad touchdown luck. And, and typically we do see that uh, regress in season. So, so he'd be the, the one I'd want to bet on. Yeah, Fournette, he's a little bit of a squeaky wheel. The coach even said I should have gotten right. on the ball more last week. And that was a franchise low rushing attempts for the Jaguars uh, last week as well. So don't expect that type of performance. And even on that, 12.7 DraftKings points. I mean, it didn't absolutely kill you. Sure, it wasn't ideal, but when a team runs for the lowest amount of times in franchise history and the running back gets you almost 13 DraftKings points, I mean, that tells you where your floor is with Leonard Fournette, and I think he's due for a pretty good game this week as well. Uh, a couple other guys, let's kind of hash this out with Christian McCaffrey. So I was able to fit him. Why did I play Driscoll last week? I wanted to play Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas, and that's that was how I decided to come up with it. So it, all that ended up working well for me on my teams that that happened in. Uh, my question to you is, does defense matter, Scott? Because if there is a defense that matters, it, it's sort of the Saints. They don't really let any running back do anything. Um, we saw last week McCaffrey, right, the rushes didn't go his way, but he got 14 targets in the passing game. Just an absolutely – game script proof every snap running back um the problem is we have alvin kamara twenty seven hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings this week so is mccaffrey worth that price bump to you um so what's interesting about mccaffrey is in spite of putting together what's the greatest probably the the third greatest fantasy season all time at worst uh is he actually has been sort of uh, sensitive to matchups where his three worst fantasy games of the season all came against his three toughest matchups. And New Orleans is a tough matchup on paper. It, he struggled against them uh, to some degree, at least last year. Um, yeah, it looks like 53 rushing yards and 15 carries, 67 yards and 11 targets. Uh, no touchdowns except for the one he threw. Um, but at the same time, it's Christian McCaffrey putting together a top three fantasy season all time, even in those bad game or bad for him games he had, he still, you know, finished top four, top seven at the position. And uh, yeah, he's 10,500. But if you look at DraftKings fantasy points per game per thousand dollars of salary, mm-hmm. he's still the most valuable uh, running back. Uh, he's smashing everyone in volume uh, I think, I think you still play him. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think even though the matchup's bad, you know, he's still going to see that, ju- that, that just means he's going to see more targets. Yeah. I think, you know, completely matchup proof. Uh, I agree. But the, the thing I'm running into with 
this might be the first week I think that McCaffrey's been on the main slate that I might not play him on my cash teams. And I think that's because Kamara is in such a good spot at 8,200, right? So I saved $2,700. If Would you rather play McCaffrey and a middling wide receiver or Kamara and Michael Thomas at home against Carolina? So that's sort of where, where I'm leaning. If you play uh, McCaffrey, it's a, a little tougher to get Michael Thomas. But Kamara's been absolutely nuts these past couple of weeks. Carolina's 15th in rush D grade at Pro Football Focus, but they were giving it up to running backs for what, the last five weeks? I know Brian Hill stunk and the whole Atlanta run game stunk, but they still let up a rushing touchdown to Quadre Olison. Uh, he's got 20 targets in two different game scripts, right? One game they won, one game they lost. He's back. He's got Breeze under center. He's got the dome splits going for him. Uh, three yards per reception higher at home. We know Breeze has all those home splits as well. So I, I'm really going against – I've been – you know, joking for the past couple of weeks, right, about the, the optimizers, right, the optimal lineups when you click it, and it, it just doesn't put Christian McCaffrey in the lineup for you automatically. I've been joking about that. But I think, I think I'm going to make the joke to myself this week. I don't know if I'm going to have that Christian McCaffrey. I think Kamara looks really good. Yeah, the one thing I'll, I'll just say about him is uh, he's had 17 carries the last two weeks to Latavius Murray's 15, and Carolina's giving up the most fantasy points per game to running backs on the ground, but uh, through the air, they rank fourth best. So it could be, you know, hypothetically a Latavius Murray game if, if such a game exists uh, with, with Kamara active. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to roll with McCaffrey. You know, he's just been, he's just crushed every single week for me. And it, it's just been so easy as a fantasy analyst to just say, just keep playing. This Can't be wrong. It stops working. Yeah. If you don't want to be wrong, you just play Christian McCaffrey. Uh, two other guys I want to mention. I got Nick Chubb, right? We've got this Kareem Hunt stealing all of his passing work. Do you think that makes it so we can't play Nick Chubb? He's 8,100 on DraftKings, right? So when you get into the the $7,000 running backs, once you get into that and you're not involved in the passing game, I really am hesitant. But in theory, the nut matchup at home against Miami, the problem with Chubb, right, even if he gets 100 yards at 8,100, he has to get a touchdown, I feel like, because he's just not getting anything in the reception game. Uh, so – so I wrote about this in the XFP expected fantasy points mm-hmm. uh, column this week. Uh, and so, so since Kareem Hunt has returned from suspension, he ranks 12th in XFP among all running backs because targets are valuable, but Chubb ranks second among all running backs. And over the span, he's seen 87% of the rushing XFP, 25% of the receiving XFP and 97% of the team's XTD, which is expected touchdowns. So what does that mean? It just means he's still glaringly the team's early down workhorse and goal line back. And this is the week for it. They're 10.5 favorites. Miami's run defense sucks. And they're projected to to score 8.1 points above their per game average this year. And like the offense runs through Chubb. uh, So I, I think he's a top play for sure. Um, I want to remind everybody uh, about our single entry series we have going on on FanDuel. If you like fair playing fields, you can win a trip to their fantasy uh, football world championship in Puerto Rico. You don't compete for their big prize, but you get a little bit of an ancillary prize pool with just a a real small field. Uh, Make sure to check that out on FanDuel in their lobby. Uh, Final running back I want to talk to you about is Derrick Henry. So I, I never played Derrick Henry in cash. 
because I mean, he, he, he's another guy. He needs the touchdown or he needs to catch, you know, one of his two targets on a screen pass, run over three dudes and then outrun everybody to the end zone. Right. He does that a couple times a season, but that has to happen for it in the passing game. Um, but he's off by, he's facing Jacksonville, uh, a whole bunch of nobodies ran for 264 yards and three touchdowns against Jacksonville last week, along with four more receptions. The Jags are along the third most rushing yards, the third highest rushing success rate against, and the sixth most expected points added on rush attempts. They've also allowed the fifth most running back fantasy points over the past four weeks, and that's with a bye. Um, Derrick Henry looks like an ultimate tournament play to me this week. Yeah, I, I even think he's he's kind of the cash plan. And you know me, like I only want to play those bell cows who aren't game strip sensitive in cash. But this is just such the smash matchup. Would you um, play him over? I, I would. I would almost play Derrick Henry over Le'Veon Bell straight up this week. For he's five hundred more on DraftKings. But if I was going to play Bell in cash, I would five 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 hundred to get Henry. Yeah. So so last week Henry totaled one hundred and eighty eight yards and two touchdowns on twenty three carries against the defense that ranks second worst in yards per carry allowed. Now they get the defense that ranks worst in yards <laughs> per carry allowed. And since week five, they're giving up 6.21 yards per carry on the ground. We know Tennessee's offense runs through Derrick Henry. Uh, it just seems it just seems like the ideal matchup. Yeah, Derrick Henry and a GPP. And if you're thinking about Bell, maybe think twice and, and maybe try to use Derrick Henry. Uh, all right, Scott, you mentioned your expected fantasy points column. If you got your PFF subscription, right, you should know by now to read through this every single week. I've got it pulled up on the screen here. Pick a couple of dudes. You want to talk about DJ Chark and his 15 targets from last week? Now, I think the the game script certainly went a little in his favor, and we already mentioned, right, they completely abandoned the run. Um, but Nick Foles, right, it seems like, you know, we went in, hey, D.D. Westbrook in the slot, that's what Nick Foles likes. And some of us got tricked, me, myself included, in a couple of lineups last week on that. Um, but Chark looks like he's he, he's legit. Yeah, so I, I think that's the big takeaway. You know, we were we were questioning if he's a real wide receiver one because you know he hasn't the volume didn't match his production. But that's not the case anymore. Since week five, he ranks sixth among all wide receivers in XFP per game. And then we were worried heading into last week. Well, there's a change in quarterback, and then what happens? He sees his best volume of the season, uh, led the position in XFP last week. Only Christian McCaffrey ranked higher. Uh, he's a, he's a wide receiver one. You got to treat him like that though. I know FanDuel uh, is not in terms of salary. Uh, let's uh, let's talk DJ more too. I think he's just, he's been really interesting for a while because DraftKings has kept him underpriced. They juiced it up a little bit. I think he's like 6,400, but his route tree fits the Kyle Allen throwing capabilities. And that's why DJ Moore has three straight double digit targets. We saw last week, right in the, when the game script went against them, he got 15 targets and I don't know, call me crazy. I think the game script might go against the Panthers a little bit and they'll be forced to pass in this game as well. Um, more, more looks pretty le- legit to me, but you think there's a little bit of regression coming? Yeah, I do. So since week five, he ranks F, uh, eighth among all wide receivers in XFP per game, 14th in actual fantasy points per game. So, so, you know, there's a little bit of difference there. What's causing it. It's all touchdown luck. And, you know, when it's not touchdowns, it's this guy's inefficient when it is touchdowns, it's this guy's unlucky and all the data backs that up. And he's just been unlucky factor that in he'd be averaging 18.2 
fantasy points per game. The yardage has been there with three straight weeks with 95 plus receiving yards. Uh, so yeah, he, for sure, he's a top regression candidate. He's a bit underpriced uh, and uh, should be a good matchup if Marshawn Lattimore's out again next week. Yeah. Even if, if you can't afford uh, like the Julio or Michael Thomas to sort of anchor your wide receiver crew, I think DJ Moore is probably a, a pretty good way to start that off this week. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's move to wide receiver. Again, guys, don't forget, if you are on the YouTubes, click like. That helps us out over there. If you want to get notified every time Roto Grinders goes live, click subscribe. You can do that right from the Grinders Live page as well. Uh, all right, let's move into some wide receiver talk. And outside of... Julio or Michael Thomas, right? Julio's 8K, Michael Thomas is 9,300. And, um, you know, I was looking at some projections. I, I look at the blitz here on Roto-Grinders. Michael Thomas, normally he's, he, he has the highest fantasy point, um, you know, projection. But this week so far, he not only is he the highest projected, he's also the best value wide receiver point per dollar at just 9,300 because you got to give him damn near 30 fantasy points, which really puts him at a good point per dollar is this something we continue to expect where Michael Thomas just continually gets 10 to 15 targets every single week? It doesn't matter what happens in the game. It seems to me like it's, it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara, and that's who Drew Brees likes to throw the ball to. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's, you know, firmly in the MVP uh, consideration. Uh, He's crushing it. Uh, What I will say is that, he no comparison. Julio Jones is the guy I'm playing this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bradbury's back. Uh, last year, Michael Thomas totaled uh, 49 yards, zero touchdowns, and 29 yards and zero touchdowns against uh, James Bradbury and the Panthers uh, <clears throat> last season. And then Julio Jones, it's just the eruption spot. So Jones, Tampa Bay, you're 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 keeping. So in, in your mind, you're getting the better player, and you're saving thirteen hundred dollars on DraftKings. Uh, yeah, for for sure. I don't know if you want me to go into this this Julio Jones matchup or not, but I've just been you know locking in wide receiver ones versus Tampa Bay all season, and it's just been money. Uh, so they've given up uh, twenty five or more fantasy points per game to uh, eight wide uh, eight wide receiver this season it's twice as many as the next closest defense uh, against wide receivers who rank tw- top 25 in fantasy points per game so that's thomas lockett cup kirk shepherd uh, those wide receivers are averaging 33.1 fantasy points per game uh, in 14 career games against tampa jones averages 24.2 or 27.3 in his last five um, this is just a smash spot you know Calvin Ridley's a good play too uh Tampa has just the worst secondary uh in the league and you know, by a significant significant margin and they just don't seem to care they're you know they're not double covering wide receiver ones they're just like whatever <laughs> whatever go go have genius. huge game after huge game I mean yeah. if, if it's that easy for fantasy maybe we were really shouldn't think twice there, about there just hasn't been a case where where that's failed at all this season or even come close to failing uh, all right, let's talk uh, a couple of value plays out there. So I want to ask you, this might be a little off your board, you're not prepared for it, but uh, Tim Patrick, you want to you have a little conversation? You need value this week, right? He's 3K on DraftKings, Scott. Literally minimum price, eight targets the week he comes back from IR. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton didn't even get a target. 
it's Sutton, it's Patrick, it was Fant last week getting all of the targets. Now, it's against Buffalo. They're a little tough to pass on on the outside. But is is this going to be a viable play? I feel like his ownership's going to sort of spike up throughout the week because whenever we see minimum price receivers that get targets, we fall in love with them as DFS players. Um. So I, I probably won't play him at all. I will say he has the backup connection working in his favor. And, and we've, you know, proven for DFS that that's a great way to find value and it works and it's real. Um, at the same time, I will say 91% of his yardage came on deep passes and Buffalo for the third consecutive season. This is a scheme thing is the best defense in the league on deep passes. Uh, I also just don't like Brandon Allen. I just refuse to trust him. I will say Noah Fant, you know, he's seen great volume since mm-hmm. the Emmanuel Sanders trade. Cortland Sutton's playing like a wide receiver one. He ranks uh, top seven in PFF grade. He ranks fourth in yardage market share. Uh, again, it's it's Brandon Allen in a, in a bad matchup. Yeah, Sutton's like uh, he's a wide receiver one. Uh, honestly, I, th- I feel like if he had a, if he had a real quarterback, I mean, we would be talking about him. Maybe not Quite in the, the breakout. Yeah, yeah, not in the Julio Jones or Michael Thomas, but basically that next tier of wide receiver. So, all right. So I teased this a little bit earlier. Right? I'm I'm gonna dust off. You know, I re- I like those millionaire maker articles, right? I do those on Roto Grinders. I'm gonna dust off a three-time millionaire maker winner last year, and I'm gonna go to some of his targets this week. Do you know who I would be talking about? I do not. How about some Mitchell Trubisky, Scott? Whoa! Oh, look at this. He won the oh millionaire. My. He won the millionaire maker three times last year. You know, he had the hip injury, right? That was just like the mercy, right? You suck so bad. We're gonna tell the world you have a little bit of an injury to write it off. But he's coming back and it doesn't get much better than the Giants secondary. You got Allen Robinson was shut down a little bit last week. Um, with uh, who was that Jalen Ramsey sort of shadowing around they let Taylor Gabriel and uh, Anthony Millard undertaker gift right he came back from the dead and had himself a good game can I interest you in maybe some Mitchell Trubisky stacks and uh, all these guys are a little bit too cheap if you think Chicago is gonna be able to pass on the Giants this week yeah so I, I will say uh, if you think Chicago leans pass heavy He's, he's a great, you know, kind of YOLO tournament play. Uh, the Giants rank second worst in yards per attempt allowed, third worst in fantasy points for dropback allowed. Uh, but, but teams are running on them a bit, so they rank a little bit lower in fantasy points per game. Uh, and that could be a David Montgomery play, who's a guy who's just as gross to play as Trubisky, but he does see really good volume, uh, in games with good game script uh, that's been proven uh, also ranks really highly in expected touchdown market share and, and Vegas thinks Chicago has their best game of this best offensive game of the season this week. Yeah. Yes. So I, I like this uh, Chicago offense, Montgomery. I don't know if this is the Trubisky, you know, millionaire maker from, from last year, but if there was a get right spot, I think this could be it for the bears offense against the giants. So just keep them in your back pocket guys. If you're looking for some low owned tournament plays across the board, Trubisky, Montgomery, take your pick of a couple of the wide receivers, right? With Burton went to IR. So I think it's going to be really concentrated to the wide receivers now. So you know what's interesting just, too? 
What do you got for me? Uh, teams have run uh, quarterbacks have run on the Giants a total of forty five times, which mm-hmm. ranks second most. Maybe Trubisky just uh, you know Where, that just disappeared yardage. from his game this year. So I, I hope hey maybe a you'll need back that. You'll need that if you want to win the Millie with him. Yeah. So, uh, hey, that's uh, that's one of my calls of the week here. So, uh, all right, let's Wait, go. To- here's here's the real question though. Yep. Uh, what, what's more likely, uh, Trubisky gets benched before the second half, or <laughs> <laughs> he finishes as a QB one, like top ten quarterback, or gets benched, or, or like ben- the bench, QB. bench versus top five quarterback? How about that? I think that's like even odds. This week, I'm going to say the Giants are bad enough. He has uh, the the ceiling to get the top five. You you put him in a, in a bad matchup. I mean, he's not very far away from getting the hook if he if he comes out and throws like two picks in this first half, and it's like seven nothing, and the Bears can win the game. I think they go to Chase Daniels. So I, I think you could have a a legitimate uh, argument there. Uh, anything else at receivers? Just it's a really ugly slate, I think overall, and the wide receiver pricings pretty tight until you get you know to some more questionable plays I mean Jamison Crowder right we mentioned how he re- you know he needs to score touchdowns and I know he's been doing good but he's 6200 on DraftKings um Terry McLaurin with probably not even a really good quarterback throwing him the ball anymore still Darius Slay too you're not going to play McLaurin this week yeah it's just like all the all the receivers you might want to play they're all probably priced a little bit too expensive is there any other matchups really sticking out to you uh, I will just say with Jamison Crowder, I know he looks expensive, but if you look at the numbers, he's not. Uh, since or, or games with Sam Darnold under center, he's averaging 8.4 targets per game, uh, 16 fantasy points per game. That's uh, That would rank 15th among wide receivers. Also, uh, coincidentally, this is uh, Crowder's best matchup with Darnold under center. Oakland ranks bottom 10 in fantasy points per game, allowed to slot wide receivers. Otherwise, he's had the toughest matchup for any slot wide receiver. Again, games with Darnold, every other defense uh, ranks top 12 to slot wide receivers. So this would be his best matchup. But like you said, you know, he's not as good of a play as he's been the past two weeks. He's a little expensive. Um, any, any of the Pittsburgh wide receivers? Or I think I think maybe we'll we'll talk about a Pittsburgh tight end, but it uh, looks like Deontay Johnson might end up playing. He's 5,100. James Washington's 5,000, right? They Like all the guys you might theoretically want to play, they're all just sort of priced up a, a couple hundred dollars too much in my book. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if Juju and Deontay are out, James Washington for sure. No, there was another sort of no-name guy who, who saw good volume last week, but – just gross. You have like a lot of these, you know, values in receivers tethered to bad backup quarterbacks. And I don't know, I'm, I'm probably just not going there. All right. And then the game of the week, you got to lean Dallas at new England, right? New England sort of faltered a little bit. Tom Brady's chucking the ball. Uh, he's the only other quarterback in the league than Jameis Winston throwing the ball 40 plus times a game so far this season. How do you see this game? This Dallas offense looks so good. Um, the, the new England Patriots have sort of faltered a little bit here. You got anything going in this game? A lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of eyeballs on this game on Sunday. Um, yeah. What I think is interesting is Dallas has the eighth lowest implied point total of the week. They're below Buffalo, Indianapolis, the jets, um, that's that New England defense home field playing right Yeah, there. I, I know. Um, 
I kind of want to go contrarian and think the, the surprise some people, but, but again, at the same time, you're right. It is, you know, this ferocious Patriots defense. Um, I mean, Vegas does think new England scores a lot of points, uh, but at the same time you have Tom Brady who doesn't look good and is admitting, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's playing it safe this year as a quarterback. He's kind of regressed into Alex Smith mode. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of this, this uh, game. If I'm being offense, I, 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 honest, I probably need to do uh, a little more research. I will say Julian Edelman, who's seeing top three volume uh, producing top 12 uh, has another brutal matchup. He had the worst possible matchup last week. He has the probably second most difficult matchup for a slot wide receiver this week. Even if, you know, there's a lot of up in the air on this wide receiver crew. You know, Sanu, something with his ankle. Uh, Dorsett didn't practice yet. Even without some of those guys, you still sort of shy away. 6900 nice price on uh, Edelman there. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, don't, don't like the matchup. I'll, I'll probably look elsewhere. All right, let's go to tight end. Uh, so we mentioned, right, maybe you, you don't like Wentz, and I asked you, hey, with just Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, is that enough to get it done? The problem with Ertz is he's $6,000, you know, again, on a week where if you want Christian McCaffrey, you got to spend, you know, over 50% of your or 20% of your salary to get him at 10-5. So Ertz back-to-back 11 target games. And, you know, that's what happens when you lose Elshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Ertz gets peppered with these short intermediate targets and he just racks it up. The Seattle defense isn't that great. They've sort of limited tight ends a little bit, but as a whole, uh, their pass rush graded 30th as a unit on PFF, 19th in pass coverage. I think you can even look at Goddard a little bit more if he continues to get touchdowns. Well, you score a touchdown as a tight end in 2019, you're basically a, a top 10 or eight play on the week anyway. So um, 6,000 for Ertz. Can we, can we stomach that? I will. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a little too cheap. Uh, I will also say it's a good matchup uh, on paper for sure. Uh, Seattle's giving up the sixth most schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to tight ends. And that would jump to second most if Mark Andrews didn't drop four passes against <laughs> them. Um, but at the same time, I, I think Seattle's smart enough to do what a lot of teams have done, which is, uh, you know, just sell out to stop Earth. is the, the one guy you have to worry about. Um, Darren Waller is, I think the same price on, on FanDuel, which makes him, uh, Another, I'd play Ertz a hundred out of a hundred times over Wall right now. Ooh, wow! I think it's a little closer. Um, after that, I don't know. Tight ends, tight ends, gross. Yeah, let's let's have some fun here. Let's play the "What have you done for me lately?" tight ends. Are you ready? So, uh, Jacob Hollister or Ryan Griffin? Uh, Hollister for sure. All right. So why? So Griffin had the huge game. Uh, last week, right? Five for five, 109 yards and the touchdown. Hollister, though, back-to-back huge games with big volume. Uh, I think Seattle might be getting a tight end back. Uh, who is that? Dixon. He's more of a more of a blocker than Hollister. And uh, we've seen Wilson. He's wanted to, you know, he had Disley. Now it's Hollister. He, he sort of likes the tight end this year. Oh, and Dixon is coming back this week? I think so. Yeah, it looks like it. Deactivated him from IR on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't expect Dixon to really eat up a lot of yeah. pass play work for Hollister, but I think Hollister is a pretty good play. Uh, here's another one for you. Do you want Greg Olson and the pass script possibly against New Orleans, or can I interest you in Noah Fant and his 
11 targets last week. Oh, man. Uh, I'll, I'll say Fant. Uh, New Orleans has had one of the toughest uh, defenses against tight ends for, for like three years now. Uh, all right. David Njoku, if he comes back from IR. Oh. Or uh, Vance will make it Dance McDonald at 3500 Uh Vance, for sure. Given right. the they're, injuries elsewhere. Yeah, they're the same price. And then uh, final question. Is this O.J. Howard nonsense? Is he, like, straight not going to see the field anymore and Cameron Brate's going to get 100 targets a game? Do we have just <laughs> one tight end now that we can play? So so I have, I have no way of knowing that. But what's really interesting is uh, – not only did Braid see this like amazing volume, but if you combined the volume for every tight end on Tampa Bay every single week, uh, you know, Braid's volume last week was twice as good as any other week Braid and Howard combined, uh, and like three or four times their average. So like, uh, Braid's not a play, basically. It just looks super anomalistic. Yeah, is it, yeah, is it a one-game sample? Is it a trend that we can look into, right? Is Evans and Godwin sort of lost a little bit of volume because Breit and Ronald Jones are were getting targets all of a sudden, right? Like it's it's really hard to read the tea leaves on what's actually going on in Tampa Bay, if you ask me. You, so, so I'm saying even if O.J. Howard's bench, like you shouldn't uh-huh. expect – I don't think you should expect another game like that. All right. Anyone else at tight end? You got anything? I mean, you, you scroll down, the names just get worse and worse, and I, I think we talked about most of the uh, the quality guys here. Maybe Jared Cook. Yeah, maybe. Um, but we literally uh, well, we, we literally talked about every single tight end at the top of the DraftKings pricing pool. Uh, I mean, Evan Ingram, if he comes back, I, I think is a mm-hmm. solid play. Yeah, he's 5,200. So uh, I think that's going to get it done again, guys. If you do like what we've been talking about, not just on this show, but any show here at Roto-Grinders, click the like and subscribe buttons over on YouTube. Uh, and come on over to Roto-Grinders as well. You can participate in the chat uh, on most of the shows. Not this one. Um, but with some of the experts and things like that uh, along the way. Uh, Scott, dude, this is fun. You, you you know, I know you're a busy man. I know you get worked like a dog over at PFF. But, dude, you got you got to come on the show a couple more times. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Missy Brett. It's fun. And uh, da- I'll let you know, Daniel's been doing a pretty kick, uh, kick-ass job filling in for you. Glad to hear it. All right, so uh, that's going to about do it for this week's Pro Football Focus Show. Scott, it was fun having you back. Uh, I'll see you again. Hey, you never know what the cards may hold. Maybe we'll see you again soon. Uh, thanks to all you for watching live. If you've been listening on the podcast as well, uh, thanks for listening over there. Uh, he's Scott. I'm Britt, and we out you.